Hey everyone, welcome to episode 147 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Of course, we are again missing Andy and Jeff in Lands of Fire, but as last week, they have left us in good hands and familiar hands. Greg Creek, our youth and young adult pastor, no stranger to the podcast, was charged with building the momentum, continuing the momentum in this Bold Ask series, which has moved lives and bolstered faith, no doubt. We are truly blessed here at the Hospital Church to be the weekly recipients of the Holy Spirit-led staff and pastoral team that lead us to the deeper and more intimate understandings of God each and every week. So, Greg, thank you for your message and for being here. That's a huge, huge buildup. It is. To just have me on the podcast. Well, (laughs) but people know what they're getting. I'm kidding. Greg is here. I'm here. I'm very excited to be here. I'm thankful. People are excited to be here. That people are excited that you're excited, and I know that to be true, because people often say when they see me, when's Greg going to be on the podcast again? Because <laughs> he does that little, yeah, he does yeah. that thing, yeah. So last week was week three of the Bold Ask series, and we decided that we should live for and seek Jesus because our hope is that from this day into eternity, may we never know a time that we didn't know Jesus as our friend. Now, last week, I shared with you a voicemail from one of our members, Connie Schneider. After listening to the previous week's message and podcast and sharing both programs and what God had put on her heart to share with her extended family and the impact that it had on her cousin, Becky. After taping last week's podcast, we were walking out the door and I got a follow up voicemail from her and I wanted to share it with you because God is pretty awesome. So here is a follow up to last week's message. Hey, Randy. This is Connie again. I just had to share with you a text that I got from Becky Sue. You remember that I sent her the podcast. Well, she said she listened to the one on the 16th, and that was really what she needed last week when she hit rock bottom. And she said she feels that like the Lord spoke to me to send that to her. So the work you guys are doing is fantastic. So thank you so much. Once again, the podcast has been a wonderful, wonderful blessing to our family. I love you. Talk to you later. That's great. That is great. And it just makes you realize that the voicemail and the bold ask series and the impact that it is having on, on people's lives are something that's tangible. It's real. And it's a good reminder to listen for the Holy Spirit and act when we're prompted to engage those that are put in our path, whether that's, in this case, a family member that's going through a trying time or someone else that the Holy Spirit puts in front of us. And to be confident that it's all for a purpose and to share what we see, what we hear, and what we believe. And we may never fully know or understand the full impact of our actions, but we know that we can trust God to use us for his perfect will, which is kind of amazing all in itself. So my continued bold ask this week of God is that he continues to use our church to plant seeds for his kingdom. And my bold ask for us at the hospital church is that we would continue sharing our conversations and trust that God will bless those efforts. All right, on to this week, The Bold Ask by a Leper. Now, as I looked at the title, I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure I know which story that we're going for. And I was right. And at a brief glance and a read, this story plays like a well-written feel-good story that pulls at our heartstrings, giving us all the feels. But like all the messages and stories in this Bold Ask series, there are deeper issues and ideas for us to ponder and wrestle with. So, Greg, there are so many layers that you uncovered with the leper from Mark chapter one. Was there anything that surprised you as you prepared for the message? I mean, 
I know you've probably read this story as many of us have many, many times or been taught in Sabbath school or Bible study class or just read it for ourselves. Other than the obvious mistake of Googling leprosy, <laughs> which is honestly something before I knew you did this message, we did at our house because of the whole armadillo conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I was with you in Googling it and they were like, why are you showing us these pictures? Stop <laughs> it. This is horrible. Yeah, it really is horrible. It is. It really is. And, and you know, I said in the message, it really made me wonder about all the other afflictions that people had in yeah. the Bible. Like, was that actually leprosy? Or you know, was it something else or was it leprosy? You know, because so many stories where you have people that were maimed, people who didn't have full use of their hands, people with disfigurement, people who were unclean for, you know, a variety of reasons. And it just really made me wonder like, wow, because leprosy was such a big catch-all, you know, yeah. <laughs> seven, at least 72 different afflictions yeah. were labeled as leprosy. It's so, just like walk through the line, put the stamp on, on the forehead, <laughs> leprosy, leprosy. Yeah. Not sure what that is. Too bad. Leprosy. You're over here. Yeah. And I think honestly, my time studying about leprosy was probably the thing that really kind of impacted the message the most to just hmm. really understand the severity. I knew that it was bad. Yeah. And I knew that biblically it was bad, but just like studying about it, it's like, oh, it's actually easily healed, you know, and it's hard to, <laughs> to transmit, yeah. which I never, you know, I just kind of assumed it's just one of the, it's like Ebola, you know, like yeah. if someone in a 500 foot radius, you know, has it, you're going to get it. Yeah. But it's really hard to transmit and it's really easy to treat in today's day and age. And then just seeing how it was treated and some of the quotes from Josephus and just some of the different stuff in the Mishnah, I was like, wow. Well, I think you almost assume that it's a very catchy, communicable disease because you hear things like, you know, leper colonies and, you know, they had to be yeah. outside of the city and it was, you know, make your, let your hair grow long and don't do anything with don't it. Don't comb it. Just look messy at Messy hair, don't care. <laughs> messy hair, don't care. Just to make sure that people understood that you were like the complete reject of society. So it almost, the way the story seemed to be told I guess they're trying to communicate that and, and really in their understanding of the disease or lack of understanding of the disease and the social norms at that time. I mean, it was really almost a death sentence mm -hmm. because where were you going to go? What he, were you going to do? Exactly. He had nothing, absolutely nothing left to lose. And it's weird that leprosy is still with us in the modern day. I mean, the article that I came across about armadillos, because there's a lot of them in Florida. Brevard County, somebody told me this after church, Brevard County has the highest number of leprosy cases in the United States. What? Yeah. I know and, I And read, I guess it's because of the armadillos. Well, we were camping not that long ago in Alexander Springs, and we kept hearing this rustling in the bushes. So of course, the kids wanted to know what it was, grabbed the flashlights, and we were thinking raccoons, maybe small bear, something like that. It's like, no, an army of armadillos, a whole family <laughs> and like a tribe. And so immediately, those of us who had heard this before, like, no, 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 don't go, don't, let's not bring leprosy into camp if we don't have to. <laughs> but the fact that it's still here in the modern day, and it, of course, it doesn't carry the same social outcast weight that it once did with modern medicine, of course, and a greater understanding of it. But I'm wondering what you might see as its religious replacement. Do we still see the unclean among us? What do we see that as? Oh, absolutely. That was, I mean, that was one of my takeaway questions was this idea of, what are the stigmas, you know, that we have, yeah. you know, in today's day and age? And I mean, I think we see a ton of them and obviously there's the really quick 
hot button ones in regards to Christianity and then specific to Adventism. But you know, you've got things like the women in ministry is sure. a real big one right now that women can't do it, right? Like that's the thing that there's something physiologically or spiritually or theologically that we just can't find a precedent for, right? Or that God just didn't want them to <laughs> Well, some, yeah. for some reason that no one knows. But what's crazy is like, if you go back, well, I mean, there are people even today that, you know, try to say that a race other than European descent is inferior, right? So you have, sure. you have this thing, but you go back 40 years ago. I don't think you have to go much further back than 40 years before interracial marriage was something that was oh, like sure. yeah. not a God thing, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And so we try to take these things and make something out of absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I see those examples there. But then when you start to go, I think a little more general, you know, in Christianity, um, and again, I'm thinking a little more specific to Adventism, but, you know, just like smoking and drinking and yeah there's so many people like I'm an accountability partner for someone who wrestles with pornography. And so you have all of these stigmas and we like to think, you know, that we, we assume that we're better because of some like supposed hierarchy <laughs> of sins or something, you yeah, know, the rate of sin has always been my favorite. It's just like, you know, well, you can smell them. So, you know, he smokes. So, you know, strike and you know, it was at their house. They had liquor, and liquor cabinet, so you know they drink, so strike two. But we don't always see the gossiping. We don't always see the other things that go on. Then it's like, oh, well, then those are a little less worse then because, you know, we can't see them. They're not, on the, they're not putting themselves right in our face with it. So that's probably a little bit less of a sin. But I like the fact that you brought that up to the forefront because I feel like that's part of the message that maybe is most important. So that we really realized that what was happening to him was the cause of a lack of understanding in part and the lack of curability. And that's the same with us. The sin is a lack of understanding why we still do it. It's a lack of curability because we can't seem to get our stuff together and live the way we want to. And Paul says, I do what I don't want to do and I keep doing it and all these things. And it's almost like this story it then takes on a newer meaning for us that we should be watching ourselves as we are looking at others and, you know, looking at this guy who eventually makes the bold ask of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what can we do to help people that helps them feel a little bit less like a leper? Because I think it's hard for people to fit in when they think everyone's watching them and judging them and going, oh. And judging them for no reason. Right. Right. Because right. again, Absolutely. he could have been healed of leprosy and yet still not been accepted. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and so exactly. like, and that's the thing, like when we start talking about the stigmas that exist today that are based on what Christians would consider to be sinful behavior, we don't necessarily need to go into that. I'm not interested in going into that right now, but when we now have these stigmas based on things that are not a thing, you know, it becomes even, even more terrible. And so like, again, this guy could have been healed and not cleansed. And it just boggles my mind. And we don't let things 
just go into the past. We can't just forgive <laughs> and forget. It's like, oh, well, there's the guy that used to struggle with this. And, you know, he probably still does. So, I mean, did he really die to self? Did he really, yeah. you know, did, did he really repent like we think he should? Or, I mean, I don't know how you even judge that. Where's the roadmap for this that we're supposed to? Oh, that's right. It doesn't exist. Never mind. My bad. My bad. Yeah. I loved the question, though. You said, how would Jesus approach our current religious structure? Does he placate us? What rules do we have that keep people on the outside? Is it time for those rules to be cast aside? Have you come up with any answers since Saturday on that? What rules we should be setting aside? I feel like this is a trap. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, so here's Greg. the deal. I purposefully left it open. Absolutely. Because I, I think there's a lot of things that could be inserted in there. Absolutely. Right? Yep. And there's things that I may not put in that blank that other people would. And I am definitely interested in hearing what those things are. Actually, I had several people come up to me. You know, I invited people. Hey, you know, I'm interested to yeah. see how you'd answer this. I had several people, you know, come up afterwards and talk with me. I've received a couple emails and a couple text messages. So it's been cool to see how that conversation has continued. So I, I know that this is like kind of lame. Like we're here to like dive, dive deeper into it, but I don't really want to answer that. Because if I were to say, you know, X, Y, Z, then all of a sudden like, oh, you know, I get labeled as this or that or the other. And Absolutely. there's different things that are weighing on my heart that are weighing on your heart, that are weighing on Tom, who is our awesome, faithful assistant running the board over there. Um, you know, there are different things that we're all wrestling with and different things that we could probably put in there. And I think that those are the burdens that God has put on our heart to try and bring about change. And so I don't want to hijack. I didn't want my agenda to hijack anything. Absolutely. So I left it open-ended no. and I'll continue to do so. I was hoping that that was going to be the answer because honestly, I think there's so many ways when we put ourselves and you put that stick in the ground and go, this is my stand. This is the hill I'm going to die on because I believe in this, or I think this is what it is. And then it immediately, at least in our culture right now, it immediately pushes everyone back at least a pace, if not two going, oh, well, except for those people that happen to agree with you. But other than that, it just kind of puts that immediate wedge into anything that you might be able to reasonably accomplish with a reasonable conversation, which in itself is hard enough to have. So I'm just I'm, I'm glad that you left it there, because I think that's something that we should be thinking about as we continue to digest what we're catching in this series each week. And the thing that I felt so much like the leper so many times I come to God with, if you're willing you know, if you are willing, that's mm. like the faith ebbs and flows with my diligence to prayer, to my time in the word. Seemingly, it's an accurate meter to how and how often I have asks and the more rare and less often bold ask. Was the leper's bold ask in his faith or in his tossing aside of his outcast status and society's rules for him and just going all in with the hopes that Jesus was in fact willing to heal him? Wow. That's, uh, and it's, I'm not sure. I yeah, mean, I'm not either. That's the whole thing with this message is there's so much that, you know, that you could go either way and we don't really know for sure. But these are questions that I had and things I wanted to throw out there. I mean, I, I think definitely approaching, approaching a rabbi and potentially even approaching someone that he probably considered to be divine mm -hmm. in some capacity or another okay. was probably the bold ask. And I'm, again, I'm just, yeah, I'm just hearing this question now. 
But I think, again, because he was an outcast of society and the structure, like those things didn't mean as much to him. Yeah. Right. Again, he really had nothing left to lose. <laughs> yeah. And so people are going to look down on him. Well, <laughs> people already look <laughs> down, down on him. him. Yeah. What so was I it? think the fact that like you approach a rabbi, someone who's very respected, um, and he knew that he was someone that had the power to heal him. Yeah. And again, that the difference between the ability and the willingness, this idea of God being aloof and kind of standoffish. I love that part he, that you brought that out. He made the ask of someone who may not even be willing to listen to him. Well, I don't want to compare any of us to Jesus, obviously, because that just wouldn't be a good, <laughs> it wouldn't be a fair comparison. But I feel like the way the leper approached Jesus with what you did, like the way you just described it. I think people sometimes would love to come up to Randy or Greg or Andy or Jeff or Tammy or a friend that is a believer and, and have the confidence that you might have some information. You might have a shoulder I need to cry on. You may have ears that in a heart that could listen if you're willing. How do we extend that, like hang the shingle that says we're willing if you need something from us, we're willing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's who we're supposed to be. And if we really are, how do we put that out there to make ourselves more accessible so people who maybe don't feel like they have a lot in common with others or they feel like they're already looked down upon can find someone to listen? I mean, we can't probably heal. Well, I know we can't heal, but we can help. I think definitely more time on your phone. More uh, time on the phone? Okay. Your face on a screen somewhere. That would be uh, great. No, I say that in jest, but, you know, I think there is a piece to it of just the way that you choose to engage with people, the way that you choose to be around people. Now, obviously, like there's the case for introverts and extroverts, but I mean, even introverts need relationship, right? They just don't necessarily enjoy maybe large groups or they need to have controlled, you know, at times of, uh, you know, small uh, doses of interaction with people. And so I think just that willingness to ask someone how they're doing and to take the time to listen, right? And I've I've noticed it, you know, I'm ministry here. When I first started pastoring, I was, I feel way too often, it was more like I was going for quantity than quality. Sure. And it was this idea of like, you know, I, I wanted to be able to at least, you know, talk to maybe different people who wanted to talk to me to say hello. And so I would just kind of bounce around after a while, I just got almost worn out because it was just like, <laughs> I can't do know. all this. Yeah. And it's it just felt cheap. Yeah. It, it really felt cheap in my interactions with people. And so it, it's been hard, you know, because, you know, I, I'll notice, you know, like maybe somebody's talking with me and I can see that someone is waiting and yeah. I've just kind of decided like, I'm going to continue in this conversation and, and I'm going to end when the conversation naturally ends. And sometimes the people that are waiting, get tired of waiting and, and I I don't blame them, you know, like people have different things they need to do. They need to be on their way. And I get that. Um, but other times people wait and I just, I find myself walking away, you know, on a Saturday or from an event that I've been to sure feeling like I actually had an opportunity to connect with people. So I think we just need to work to be intentional about actually engaging with people to our full capability. Yeah. Well, there is so much more that I wanted to get to, but I wanted to quickly hit on the fact that the way that Jesus interacts with the leper, putting himself at risk and being moved by compassion, bucking everything society and the religious elites knew about leprosy and who this leper was or who they thought he was, 
The show of compassion should be one of the character traits we constantly remind ourselves that Jesus has towards us. Because if you take that with you and you really stop and think about that story and the setting of when it happened and the the social just explosion that what he did was just so countercultural and you realize that he'll do all of that and more for you is pretty awesome. But the story has so many moments to ponder, so many peaks at Jesus' character, so many questions to to answer or to at least think about and, and hope to find a little nugget here or there. What's the one thing that you want us to take away from this story that can help us become better at the bold ask? I don't know about better at the bold ask, but I definitely, <laughs> I said in, in my message, you know, I actually was at our Winter Park campus on Saturday night. So I had the trifecta, you know, I spent all afternoon thinking about, oh, you know, yeah. the, the morning, what can I, uh, mess- I guess yeah. the, the morning and the early afternoon messages. And I just still am so baffled by this whole story, this, this encounter that put Jesus on the outside and this man on the inside. And, and just, again, coming to the conclusion that God and Christ are willing to go the distance. They are willing to go to, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like what? And that's why I was so baffled by this, the message this week is because it doesn't make, make sense. sense. Yeah. And he's willing to go to that length, to that extreme to bring us on the inside. So, I mean, I hope that that would empower our ask, knowing the lengths that he would go to, knowing that there's just no height there's no depth, there's yeah. no width that can keep us from God's love, that that would motivate, inspire, bring hope to our bold ask, whatever it may be. Excellent. One of our FHE takeaways this week asked, what is your bold ask? Now, I was hoping that before the series ended, someone was going to make this happen. Someone was going to send me their FHE takeaways and the question was going to be there. What is your bold ask? This is something that if you've just been listening and digesting the stories being told, but haven't really given significant thought about yourself and about your bold ask, then you've been missing an amazing opportunity to engage your creator and the best that he has for you. He reminds us that we don't have because we don't ask. A little scary when you think about it, but reassuring all at the same time. So what is your bold ask? If you're willing to share yours with us, or if you have any ideas about how this all comes together, pieces and parts, ideas about things that maybe we haven't answered, you can send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And just like this week, we'll share your answers or stories right here on the podcast. Our final thoughts are from Greg's message, and they come from a conclusion that he came to while preparing this past week, and he just alluded to it briefly, but I'm going to read it verbatim. Jesus is willing to go the distance. He will do seemingly foolish, irresponsible things to demonstrate his love for humanity, to draw us closer into a relationship with him. He's willing to be relegated to the outside if it means lepers like you and me will be brought to the inside. He will do the unthinkable. He will do the impossible. He will do the thing that just doesn't make sense to restore the relationship. Now, I would also, like last week, suggest that you go into our mobile app or hospitalchurch.org and actually watch the message. There's so much that you just can't compress into a podcast, and there were so many things that were just so wide open, it was really hard to pick a, a few things to actually focus on. So don't miss the message because there is so much more that you need to digest as you think about this. 
All right. Upcoming this week, Andy's back, right? Andy is back, yes. And he's doing The Bold Ask by Two Brothers. The Bold Ask by Two Brothers. Hmm. Pretty sure it's James and John. Pretty sure it's James and John? Or you know it's James and John? I think it's James and John, <laughs> if I remember right. <laughs> I'm not sure, but all right. Either way, you're not going to want to miss it because Andy's back. and then We hope if Andy's not back, back then I may know you may very know, well, well by, by the end, end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you again to Connie Schneider for once again sharing your bold ass story and for sharing the message and podcast. Greg, for a great message and for taking the time to be here today. So as always, do join us again next Wednesday for episode 148. Thanks for listening and have a great week. <laughs>